1: Welcome everyone to the latest edition of Salviver Series. My name is Sal, I am your host, and this is the show where we take a look back at Vince's annual Thanksgiving tradition, Survivor Series. This time we travel back to 1994 to San Antonio, Texas at the Freeman Coliseum. That name of the arena is a little bit generous. This place, at max, seats 11,700. The WWF, at the time, was able to get 10,000 people to come to this event, which is astounding for 1994, trust me. Tonight's event is heavily promoted to include television star Chuck Norris, but more on that in a little bit. We begin with an earlier today video featuring Shawn Michaels and his team talking strategy in the locker room. HBK's team consists of Diesel, Jeff Jarrett, Owen Hart, and Jim the Anvil Nightheart. Michaels tells his team to follow my lead, and with this group's talent and his leadership, they should have no problem defeating the bad guys. We cut to the bad guys, presumably in a separate locker room. Or at least that's what we're supposed to believe. Razor's team consists of the 1-2-3 Kid, the British Bulldog, and the new Head Shrinkers. And what I'm pretty sure was the only time the new Head Shrinkers were on pay-per-view. Wait, they made a forgettable appearance in the 1995 Royal Rumble match. I mean, not that it makes a difference, despite how many baggy outfits Fatou would be in later that year. Anyways, Razor says their strategy has to be to take out the big man. Yeah, good luck with that. Then we cut to Lex Luger to pump up his loser team of Adam Bomb, Mabel, and the fucking smoking guns. It's sad when the ugly cowboy in fake jeans could knock out your whole team. I'm saying. We continue with these locker room exclusives for all the teams on the card tonight. Ironically, each one being worse than the last. The doink one being particularly bad because it sounded like four guys doing their best Krusty the Clown impression. It's a
0: joke when you give me that look. It's a joke.
1: After that, we get a cartoon video of a coyote in a canyon howling a cactus because Texas? I wish I was making this shit up. Vince screams at us as we pan the crowd. When we finally see Vince on camera, he's dressed like a fucking idiot. Cowboy hat, leather vest, and a bolo tie. Sadly, Gorilla Monsoon is actually dressed worse, as his black shirt with a sunset on it is tucked into his jeans with a comically large belt buckle. Oh, also, he's wearing a cowboy hat. I would like to point out that good old JR is with the WWF at this point, but instead of having him on the call, we get Vince and Gorilla, who can be entertaining but only with other people and never each other. This is going to be fucking weird. Speaking of weird, Gorilla tells us a story about the Alamo and tries to tie it into tonight's card. They hype Chuck Norris, who will be the special troubleshooting referee in tonight's casket match between The Undertaker and Yokozuna. So he's here to help us set up our VCRs. What exactly is a troubleshooting referee? Anyways, match number one, the Teamsters. Sean Diesel, Jeff Jarrett, Owen, and Nightheart versus the bad guys. Razor, one, two, three, kid, atom bomb, and the smoking guns. We are not even through the first entrances, and Vince and Gorilla are already repeating each other. This is why Two Faced Commentators in the WWF, especially in the 90s, does. Not work. Owen starts things off with the 1-2-3 kid. But before we can get any physicality, we cut to Fatu dealing with his boots on the floor. See, they were running with this gimmick at the time that Captain Lou Albano, who is ringside for the match, was trying to, quote-unquote, civilize the head shrinkers, and forced them to wear boots instead of wrestling barefoot. They even went so far to say that Samu quit because he couldn't get used to wearing boots. So now they play up the Fatu as uncomfortable in dealing with this problem during the matches, apparently. Owen tags out to Anvil at this point, but no one cares. The heels then get heat on the kid. Shocking, I know. We transition to a nice showdown between Bulldog and Owen Hart. And Owen, of course, makes Bulldog look like a million bucks. Owen tags out to Anvil, and Bulldog hits Anvil with a beautiful delayed vertical suplex for a two count. Later, Razor clotheslines Double J over the top rope, and then takes a cheap shot at Diesel, who's just minding his own business on the apron. Who's the face here? Razor? If you say so. Michaels calms Diesel down as Jared and Razor continue to fight. Razor tags back in the 1-2-3 Kid and then Fall Away slams him into Jeff Jarrett. That looked clunky. He picked up Kid and threw him over his head into Jeff Jarrett. Speaking of clunky, Jared hip-tosses Kid over the top rope to the floor and he lands fucking hard. Like face first. So much so that he immediately tags out to Fatu. Jared tags out to Owen, and Owen slams Fatu's head into the turnbuckle. Not only does Fatu shake it off, he actually dances it off. Huh. And yet we wouldn't get Rikishi until, what, 1999? Owen tags in Diesel, and Diesel kicks Fatu in the stomach, and jackknifes him, and pins him. That was quick, meaning that altercation, because this match had gone on for a good 15 minutes before that happened. The 1-2-3 kid tries his luck, and after a quick flurry of karate offense, uh, Diesel shakes it off and jackknives him and pins him. 5-3, <laughs> to three. Teamsters. Sione comes in. And attacks Diesel. Sione is the other head shrinker. Uh, but we get the same result. power bomb. I'm sorry. Jackknife. Pin. It is now 5-2. to two. The only two remaining are Team Captain Razor Ramon and the British Bulldog. Bulldog is in next. And he does have mild success. Um, until he tries to come off the ropes with a clothesline. And Diesel boots him down. Diesel, who has just eliminated three people and taken the Bulldog down, tries to tag out to Michaels, but Michaels instead encourages him that he's doing a great job and he should stay in there. Meanwhile, on the outside, Owen and Anvil beat down Bulldog. Without any announcement from Vince or hand signal from Jack Doan, Bulldog apparently gets counted out because Razor runs in the ring and tries to schoolboy Diesel and gets a two count, and this counts, apparently. Then, Vince very nonchalantly confirms the Bulldog got counted out, even though Jack Doan could see him getting stomped on by Owen and Anvil. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Okay, I, I guess it doesn't matter why you didn't get back in the ring, even if the other team is illegally beating you up outside the ring. So Razor is there by himself now. We get a valiant effort from Razor, and then Diesel hits him with the jackknife. Shockingly, I know, before Diesel can cover him, however, Shawn Michaels decides, now's a good time to be tagged in. Diesel doesn't want to tag him in since he did all the fucking work, but eventually does. Tags in Shawn, and Shawn demands Diesel hold Razor up. Diesel does, and Sean goes to super kick Razor. But oh no, who could have seen it coming? Razor ducks, and Sean kicks Diesel in the mouth. Now I say, who could have seen it coming? Because it's the third time this has happened since SummerSlam in 94. Michaels actually cost Diesel the IC title with the exact same sequence. Um, And HBK has the unmitigated gall to scream at Diesel that Diesel's the one who fucked up. Diesel rises to his feet and becomes Big Daddy uncool. Enraged, and I mean enraged, he goes after Michaels, who instantly leaves the ring and backs up towards the entrance. The rest of the Teamsters try to calm Diesel down, but he punches all of them in the mouth, trying to get to Shawn Michaels. Diesel stalks Michaels all the way to the back and the rest of his team argue with each other at the curtain and Owen and Jared actually try to return to the ring but Fink makes the announcement that all five members have been counted out. Your winner and sole survivor, Razor Ramon. Now I'm not sure how five separate people are counted out that quickly but it doesn't matter. In fact, we don't even see Razor celebrate for that long. Instead, we cut to Todd Pettengale, who is trying to get a word with Shawn Michaels, who already has his gear bag and is already headed outside. Well, you oh, you got to tell me oh, what, what answer,
0: You go. Just come with me. Come Where are we going? I'll give you your answer. You just come with me. Come on. This is ridiculous. You got to tell me. Keep it down. Keep it down. Come on. Are... Just come with me. I'll give you the answer. What? I got news for you. Can you believe that ungrateful leech? What he just did to me? What you I th- made that guy. I got news for you. Did you ever hear a Big Daddy Cool before you? heard a song. No, never. And he treats me like that. That's it. I'm finished with this. I'm there. You know I You think I'd know better? Come come on. What, you think what? I'd know better, this tag team stuff? He turns back on me like a rabbit dog. I got nothing to do with him ever again. And, and I wait a minute. We tally. located Diesel. Wait a minute. I don't understand. Big Daddy, dude. Thank you.
1: We have. We, he I turned on me we... like a rabbit dog. I made him. He's a zero without me. Hey, Todd, I think we've located Diesel. He's a zero without you? Wait a minute, what's that? I think we've located Diesel. Diesel is on his way.
0: You tell Big Daddy Cole? he needs a ride. Try hitting the pavement. Hit the bricks. No,
1: he's on his way. Not only does Sean peel out of the parking lot, he throws down the tag team championship belt that he and Diesel currently hold, but never really mentioned on this show. We head back to the desk so Vince can tell us anything can happen in the World Wrestling Federation. So Diesel's a face now, but how will they build him as your next star? Will we go on an all-inclusive journey where Diesel wins the Royal Rumble and then the WWF Championship at WrestleMania? No! Oh, I get it. He'll go into this long feud with Shawn Michaels, and they'll have a grudge match at the Rumble, right? No! So what do they do with Diesel? Diesel wins the WWF Championship at Madison Square Garden in three nights in a record-setting eight seconds. Yeah. (laughs) That will put butts in seats. Vince and Gorilla talk about what an in-grade Shawn Michaels is, but Jerry Lawler's music hits, so it's time for our next match. Match number two, The Royal Family, Jerry the King Lawler and Cheesy, Queasy, and Sleazy versus Clowns Are Us, Doink, Dink, Wink, and Pink. For some reason, this match features three little people teaming with Jerry Lawler and three little people teaming with Doink, in mixed tag rules. The little people can only fight each other, and Doink and Lawler can only fight each other. I would like to take a moment to point out that back in the 70s and 80s, this was a popular type of match in the territories because back then, if we're being honest, uh, little people were only in wrestling for the promoter's amusement. Speaking of which, Vince seems to be having a grand old time with this one. The story, by the way, the back story, is that Lawler treats his team members like absolute shit. Which is surprising, because I always thought Jerry Lawler loved people who came up to his waist. Lawler starts the match off with Doink, but Doink makes him look like a damn idiot. Speaking of which, uh, at one point, Doink has Lawler in an armbar. And all the little people run into the ring and step on Lawler's stomach. Even his own team, um, who do it by accident because they're trying to get after uh, the clowns. To which Lawler gets mad. He's been absolutely humiliated by his own team. This is not only a comedy match. This is a comedy match with Three Stooges style comedy. It's at this point that I start thinking,
0: This is going to be a rough episode.
1: At one point, they even put the Burger King crown on Lawler's head. Lawler, of course, takes too long to notice it's even there. The little people clowns chase the little kings around the apron as Lawler rolls through on a cross body and hooks Doink's tights, and Doink is eliminated. Doink goes to the back, and they point out that at this point, Lawler is just a bystander because he can't get in the match. Lawler does, however, stay on the apron, and this proves valuable, as Lawler helps Cheesy eliminate Wink. Lawler cheats again behind the ref's back so he can pick up Cheesy and drop him on Pink, and that eliminates Pink. We are down to Dink, which might be a future episode title if I can work it into one one of the rundowns. But we do see that Pink, after being eliminated... ...runs under the ring. Hmm. Dink fights valiantly, but he ultimately gets eliminated... ...after more cheating from Lawler. And the royal family have won. Dink also hides under the ring. Then Lawler proves he's a shitbag and grabs the microphone... ...and demands his teammates put their hands down. Lawler says they have nothing to celebrate, he did all the work... He screams that they stand the corner and stop celebrating. We repeat this joke twice more with Lawler saying at one point, I hate short people. Lawler gets tired of repeating himself and chases after his own team members. However, when his team members decide to stop running and stand up against him, Dink, Wink, and Pink come out from under the ring, and then all six little people put the boots to Lawler's shins. Eh, okay. That part I laughed at. Lawler runs for his life and back up the aisleway, to which Doink, of course, sneaks up behind him and shoves a pie in Lawler's face. Ha 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 Oh, comedy. Oh, speaking of which, for the record, Vince is dying laughing. Ha 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 That's funny, pal! Uh, you know, it's, I remember watching this in 1994. And I, feel, I felt the same back then as I do now. That was awful. We go backstage to Todd Pettingzoo, who shows us highlights of Bull Nakano defeating a Lunder Blaze at the Tokyo Dome in Japan in front of 45,000 people. Well, at least the original WWF women's title was booked well in Japan. When we come back, Todd is uh, with the new champ. Todd asks her about her victory, and Bull responds in Japanese. So Todd Penningale decides he's going to speak slower and louder. Wow. Bull continues to respond in Japanese, and Todd gets nothing. What he should have got was a punch in the mouth. <laughs> it is now time for our WWF Championship match. You know, right in the middle of the card, because that makes fucking sense. Match number three, it is a submission match. Bret Hart defends the WWF title against Bob Backlund. The only way this match can end is if the towel gets thrown in by the competitor's cornermen. Bret has chosen the Bulldog as his cornerman corner man, and Backlund has chosen Brett's brother, his mortal enemy, Owen Hart. Both Owen and Davey have sworn they will never throw in the towel. Ever, under any circumstances. So I guess Brett and Backlund will just fight forever? Yay. Except not. We begin with Bob Backlund comically selling. It's weird. Now, granted... I have to give you a little bit of backstory. This was a great heel turn, I guess you could say, for Bob Backlund. It occurred back in the summer, July 30th, 1994. Backlund, Mr. Goody Two-Shoes, was a year and a half into his comeback. He puts in a great, I don't know, 20-minute TV match against Brett on Superstars. He loses, and then he loses his damn mind. Granted, he loses by pinfall, so it wasn't like Brett made him cement. Backlund slaps Brett in the face after the match, and he locks him in the chicken wing while screaming murder the whole time. They pull Backlund off of him, and he's just staring at his hands. It was great. So now we get crazy heel Bob Backlund. But I don't understand... His selling at the beginning of this match. I mean, I guess it's supposed to go with his eccentric character. But Brett hits a move, and Backlund makes weird grunts, and then also over bumps. And when I say over bumps, I mean like Brett hit a power slam, and Backlund went, Whoa, 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 while he rolled from the apron to the outside of the ring, and then continued to roll into the barricade. The fuck uh, then this match uh this match transitions into uh the most boring match I've ever seen in my life. Stu and Helen are in the front row. And I'm sure they enjoyed the pace of this match because we get lots of side headlocks and lots and lots of front face locks. This goes on for a good 10 minutes. Finally, Backlund starts getting some heat on Brett's arm. At least that makes sense. Also, to Backlund's credit, he tries to lock in the crossface chicken wing every two minutes. He fails every time, but at least he's going for it, so I appreciate that. Um, And he is doing damage to Brett's arm, even though it's taking a long time. Brett fights back and locks in a figure four. Vince, by the way, acts like Backlund is now screwed and this match is over. Relax, Vince. Jesus Christ. Earl tries to convince Owen to throw in the towel, but Owen responds like a petulant child. Now... That towel's staying right there! I'll never throw it in! Backlund reverses the figure four so Davy can say, No! I'm not throwing it in! Because then he'll be fooled! The move gets broken up, but Brett goes to work on Backlund's knee. Backlund comes back, however, and hits Brett with a pile driver. Backlund latches on the chicken wing, but Brett immediately gets in the ropes. They fight on. Unfortunately, Brett returns the favor and nails Backlund with a pile driver. He follows up with a bulldog and then the side Russian leg sweep. Brett goes for the sharpshooter and Backlund tries to break away, but Brett locks him in the middle of the ring. Owen runs in the ring, so Bulldog runs in after him. Bulldog then chases Owen around the ring like a cartoon, but Owen goes outside, runs around, slides back inside, and And Earl, for some reason, stops Bulldog from getting in the ring, which allows Owen to hit Brett with a Bulldog to break up the sharpshooter. Because that makes sense. I don't know why Earl would not stop Owen, but would stop Bulldog. Whatever. Um, Owen is ecstatic that he broke the sharpshooter. And he's gloating about it on the outside. So Bulldog then chases Owen again, and then lunges at Owen, but Owen ducks. So Bulldog trips over him and goes headfirst into the steel steps. Davy Boy Smith is out cold, and Owen checks on him, and all of a sudden Owen's like concerned, like "Oh shit, I think I killed him." He's fooled. Uh, Brett walks over to the ropes and calls Owen a son of a bitch. But since he's distracted, Backlund locks Brett in the cross-faced chicken wing. Hitman tries everything he can to counter the hold, but he can't. Owen still checks on on Bulldog and acts extremely concerned for Brett's well-being. The camera also conveniently stays um, on Owen so that we can hear him say, I'm sorry, Brett, I never meant for this to happen. Owen then cries over to Stu and Helen and somehow coaxes them to leave their seats and come to ringside. Helen and Stu legit just step over Bulldog's unconscious body because who gives a fuck about him at this point? And Owen hands his mother Brett's towel so she can throw it in and end this agony. But Stu snatches the towel from his wife. Owen continues to plead and cry that this And this has been going on for 10 fucking minutes. I'm not kidding you. I timed it. Brett has been in this move for 10 minutes. For fuck's sake. Finally, Helen can't take it anymore, and she snatches the towel from Stu and throws it in, ending this match. Your winner and new World Wrestling Federation champion, Bob Backlund? Ew. Owen, by the way, immediately grabs the towel and sprints to the back. Um, Earl Hebner rewards Backlund the championship. Backlund demands that Earl puts it on him. Uh, Earl does. The crowd is in stunned silence, by the way, because I don't think they actually thought this was going to happen. Some officials and Helen held Brett to the back. Uh, Stu looks at his wife like he wants to backhand her. (laughs) And Howard Finkel makes the announcement that the winner of this match a new World Wrestling Federation champion, Mr. Bob Backlund. Vince, by the way, does a great job of expressing his absolute disgust that Bob Backlund is champion again. Don't worry, Vince. You'll have him drop it again in three days. In an eight-second match. We go to the back where Fraud Penningale is with Owen Hart. Thank you very much, Vince. I am standing with Owen Hart. Obviously, we've just witnessed some... We thought you were having compassion for your brother. Vince McMahon said we're seeing the true Owen Hart. This obviously was some sort of setup. (laughs) A setup? You got it right, that was a setup. This is the greatest Thanksgiving of
0: my life. And Mom and Dad, (laughs) you fell right into my trap. You threw the towel in and, Brett, You're no longer the WWF champion, Mr. Backlund is. And Brett, I could have beaten you before, but you cheated. But now you're nothing. You're below me. You're down there in the gutter, Brett. You're not a champion anymore. You're a loser. And I'm a king. And Brett, you're a nobody. And I, unlike you, will never quit. I will never surrender. You're a quitter, Brett. Mom and dad threw in the towel. And you're history, Brett. And I am. The best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. Don't you forget it, brother. Woo!
1: Okay, as fucking stupid as that creative was, Owen's promo was hilarious. You're a loser, Brett! Loser! We go back to the booth where Vince and Gorilla are dumbfounded. As is the rest of the crowd. I mean, they didn't know when they explained the rules of this match that Helen Hart qualified as a corner man, but who gives a fuck, I guess. We move on to match number four the Million Dollar Team Bam Bam Bigelow, King Kong Bundy, Tatanka, and the Heavenly Bodies versus Guts and Glory, Luger, Mabel, Adam Baum, and the Smoking Guns. Billy Gunn. Looks fucking ridiculous in his dumb cowboy hat and his stupid little mustache. Then again, so does Adam Baum in his piss yellow singlet. We start off with chiseled out of stone Lex Luger versus Tubby and Flabby Tataka. And that's not an exaggeration. Tataka looking like he did when he came back to Smackdown in the early 2000s. Mabel hits Dr. Tom with a second rope splash and pins him for our first elimination. Bundy comes in to try his luck, but Mabel outpowers Bundy, and Gorilla Monsoon says the mountain with feet is retreating. I always liked that when he called him a mountain with feet. Bundy tags out to Bam Bam Bigelow, who has a little bit more success against Mabel, but not that much. Mabel cactus clotheslines Bigelow over the top rope, and both men tumble to the outside. Mabel gets counted out, but I guess Bigelow makes it back into the ring. At least that's what the announcers tell us. So Mabel's been eliminated. Adam Baum then comes in. He gets some offense in until Bundy clubs him in the back of the head. When Bomb is coming off the ropes. This leads to Bam Bam hitting a fucking moonsault on Adam Baum. And Adam Baum gets eliminated. Luger comes in, so Bigelow tags out to... Gigolo Jimmy Del Rey. Who kind of looks like Ginger Will in ten years. Luger hits the bionic forearm, and we are back to being tied at three apiece. Tataka then pins Bart Gunn after the end of Trails Samoan drop. We are left with cowboy mullet Billy Gunn and Mr. America himself, Lex Luger. Bundy pins Billy after an avalanche followed by a standing elbow drop. So Lex is all alone. Didn't this happen last year? Uh, but wait, who's coming to the rescue? It's still no one, because no one liked Lex Luger in the WWF. Bugal- uh, Bugalo. Well, that's their combined name. Bigelow and Bundy beat the hell out of Luger and we hear about it from Lex the whole time, because, you know, Lex Luger noises. We then get a USA champ from the crowd, because you know, you know those evil foreigners, King Kong Bundy and Bam Bam Bigelow? I mean, I get it, because they're both from Jersey, but as much as Texas wants it to be, Jersey's not a foreign country. Back to the match, and Luger gets a fucking shitty small package on Tatanka and eliminates him. So Lex is once again defying all the odds, but then Bundy hits him with a running splash and pins him. Well, that fucking sucked. (laughs) Uh, After the match, Bigelow, Bundy, and Tatanka continue to beat down on Luger, and then Lex's team runs out from the back to make the save. Who gives a fuck? Lex's team holds the ring as the Million Dollar Team leave with their hands raised. Lex makes it back to his feet and gets a small pop for the effort. <sighs> that was terrible. We go backstage again so Grumpy Gill can talk to the now two-time WWF champion, Bob Backlund. I am standing with Bob Backlund. He did exactly what he said he was going to do, agree or disagree with his tactics. He is now two-time WWF
0: champion. Wait, 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 First of all, young man, it's Mr. Bob Backlund, and you're incorrect. I've been the champion since 1978. I never lost the championship. Tonight, I just regained the belt, and I beat the man that represents your society. I beat him so I could save you. I'm going to scrutinize you to the fullest pasteurize you, homogenize you, and synchronize you back into morality. You understand, ladies and gentlemen? It's sports education. I'm your champion, and I'll take on anybody, anybody at all, ladies your generation because I'm fighting for something that's more important than anything in this world has put morality back into your lives and now your children have somebody that they can emulate after and try to catch up to because I feel like God
1: Okay, I actually enjoyed batshit psychopath Bob Backlund's heel character. It was fucking amazing. <laughs> and by the way, the closer in that promo where he's like, I feel like God! That was fucking money. Uh, all right, it is now time for our main event of the evening. But first, the Fink has to introduce. Troubleshooting Special Enforcer Chuck Norris. Chuck Norris actually gets fucking pyro. (sighs) It is casket match time. Yokozuna versus The Undertaker. Mr. Fuji and Jim Cornette walk behind the massive Yokozuna, who at this point, well over 600 pounds. Not the 550 he was when he was champ in 93, no, well over 600 pounds, and he looks it. Uh, Undertaker comes out now with thunder and lightning, but wait, there's more. Paul Bear rolls out the huge double wide, double deep custom casket, now with 100% more black paint. That terrified look has returned to Yoko's face like he had early in the year at the 1994 Royal Rumble. I mean, I'd be terrified too if I killed a dude and watched him ascend to heaven only to come back and face me nine months later. Right? Taker, per usual, no-sells Yoko's offense. And also, per usual, slowly, methodically attacks the mighty Yokozuna. Taker hits old school, back when it was just school, but Yoko doesn't go down. Yoko hits a Samoan drop, but Taker sits up. Yoko hits a running clothesline, but Taker sits up. Yoko headbutts Taker down and tries to get Taker in the casket, but Taker will not. So Yoko hits a fucking huge rock bottom, followed by a massive leg drop. Yoko then begins to roll Taker into the casket and actually gets the Undertaker in the box. Yoko tries to close the lid, but Taker stops it by grabbing his ankle and fights back. Then Yoko tumbles in the casket, and they both brawl while standing in the casket. Fuji grabs Taker by the hair to distract him, which allows Yoko to escape the casket. Cornette then tries to hit Taker with the racket, but Taker hits him with a throat thrust that sends Cornette flying. Taker tries to get back in the ring, but Yoko stomps on him to keep him outside. Yoko chokes Taker against the middle rope as Fuji taunts him. Taker fights back with a running clothesline, but Yoko doesn't go down. Taker goes to the top rope and hits a huge flying clothesline, and this takes Yoko down. Taker starts to roll Yoko into the casket, but down the aisle comes King Kong Bundy. Chuck Norris stands ready, but the refs get in between Chuck Norris and Bam Bam Bigelow, which is weird because I thought that's what Chuck Norris was supposed to do. <sighs> Why are the refs keeping people away from the special enforcer? Bigelow then joins Bundy in the aisle, but he just they both just yell at Chuck Norris and nobody actually does anything. However, because the refs are dealing with that, the distraction allows IRS of all people to come into the ring from the crowd and attack Undertaker from behind. Irwin beats the fuck out of Taker, because that makes sense. Irwin locks in a sleeper, and from the sleeper, throws Taker in the casket. Legit just tosses the fucking Undertaker in the casket. Like he was Barry Horowitz <sighs> Taker's passed out, by the way. Uh, but instead of closing the lid and ending this fucking match... Erwin just leaves. Okay. Yoko crawls to the casket and goes to slam the lid, but Taker, of course, revives himself and grabs Yoko by the throat. Jeff Jarrett comes down the aisle, pushes past Bigelow and Bundy, just so Chuck Norris can roundhouse kick him in the face. Ah, so that's why Chuck Norris is there. Got it. Uh, Jarrett, by the way, sells this Scott Hall stunner style. Like up and over, and then he just leaves. Taker hits a huge clothesline, followed by a huge DDT. Yoko stumbles back to his feet, only to get hit with a running boot to the face. Yoko then falls through the middle rope, off the boot, and into the casket. For no reason at all, Taker grabs the... Uh, the flag from Mr. Fuji, breaks it over his knee, and tosses it into the casket with Yoko before slamming the lid shut. I don't know why we need that little bit of racism at the end of there. I don't know what Taker's got against the great country of Japan, but nonetheless, The Undertaker has vanquished the mammoth Yokozuna, and he was never heard from again. I mean, he didn't actually kill Yoko... But he sure as fuck killed Yoko's push. <sighs> that was uh, that was Survivor Series 94. Gotta admit, it was kind of rough watching. Um, 1994 was not a good year for the WWF at all. But Survivor Series 94 was specifically bad. Easily, easily the worst pay-per-view from that year. Hundred percent. Even if you had Taker versus Taker at SummerSlam ninety four, at least that card had Brett versus Owen. So eh, you know, this this was another classic Survivor series. Yeah. If you had to go back and watch anything, I would say the first match. Where we see Diesel turn face. That was something. I mean, the the booking of it was stupid as all hell. That all five guys could be counted out within 30 seconds. But other than that, it was at least a decent match to watch. The worst match was probably the Million Dollar Man's match. The the Million Dollar Team versus the Lex Express or whatever the fuck they call themselves. Oh, excuse me. Guts and Glory. Oh, that match sucked. That was just awful. Oh, wait. Also the Clowns. The Clowns vs. The Kings was bad. But at least that was supposed to be bad. It was just a comedy match. Uh, Definitely not my favorite Survivor Series. Not that I think next year's is any better. But that being said, uh, it's been fun. Now, as we all know, the WWE Network is moving to the Peacock platform. They will not have all of the classic content available till August. That means I don't know when I'll be able to cover Survivor Series 95, but hopefully I'm able to uh, sneak that in before the network shuts up shop. Uh, If not, then, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. Don't worry, we always figure it out. But thank you so much for joining me on this wild ride through 1994. Follow us on Twitter at Rundown Wrestling. But follow me also, specifically follow me, at WrestleMania Cell. And uh, thanks, guys, for tuning in. Listen if you dare survive if I let you.
0: the